0: and welcome to this Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show in this new style that we're doing here for the Logan Blackman Show. We are now recording our podcast. Yes, we got a little setup now. We got the green screen behind me, which took forever to get set up this morning, and we got little Jeff Gordon right here. We got my Bill's helmet here, and we are ready to roll. Just a little, little, little bit of a studio setup, I guess. It's not really an official studio, I guess you could say, but it's close enough. It's close enough. This is our studios now you get to see what i do every single monday wednesday friday i mean minus this past monday because of course we didn't have a show we did i have a show last monday or this past monday got a new car on monday which was very very nice to my parents and because i wasn't even expecting it the sob sadly r.i.p the sob it is gone it's done the sob is dead it's dead it's gone forever And it it pains me to say that because I have a lot of great memories in the Saab. And I've, I told my parents, this This is the first time in my owning a car life in the lifetime that I've owned a car that I have not had a car that has been known by something like the litre, the 4.0 litre, which is a Jeep Cherokee. It was 2001 Jeep Cherokee. We call it the litre. It said 4.0 litre on the back, but it spelled it L-I-T-R-E. So we call it litre. And then we had the Saab sob dude that was when the whole sob dude was coming out and it was very big so we started calling it that now it's a chevy impala which one of my good friends drew who's got a ep dropping july 10th a single coming out july 6th so make sure you stay tuned for that i'll put that in the description the post on instagram so you can go and look at it this will be very good also while we're on the topic of my talented friends also go pick up your very own cave shirt this is by Andrew Gunnis, arguably my most talented. I got a lot of talented friends. I will say that. So make sure to go pick up a cave shirt. I also leave that down in the description. I'll leave the website to, or his, his website down in the description. So make sure you go and check it out. But back to what Drew and I, Andrew and Drew, Drew and I were talking about on, when was this, Monday? He told me, well, obviously, Tame and Paula. We got the band Tame Paul, their lead singer. His name is Kevin. So the car will be henceforth known as Kevin, the 2013 Chevy Impala. And it's a very nice car. It's a very nice car. And also, the couple along with that on Monday, my computer was frozen pretty much since last Friday. So we really didn't have a lot going on. The mouse wouldn't work until Monday night. So I was like, do I have to go get a new computer as well as a new car? Thankfully, the computer is right here. So we obviously did not need to go get a new computer because all my awesome stickers are here on the computer, as you can see. Got a lot of great stickers on here. Let's go over the, the stickers for you. So we got a uh, Patty Kane, obviously. Kendrick Lamar. We got Yukon Cornelius holding a ukulele. Uh, I don't know if you could see it, but Guy Fieri's right here. Got a Bills logo right there as well. Uh, got a Nike sticker right here. Swarm for the Iowa Hawkeyes. A little land li- two lanyard stickers. Patrick Starr at the very bottom of the computer with $3 because that's my life, essentially. And we got another Bills logo that Josh Allen drew. Jimmy Neutron, but Jimmy Neutron with Donkey Kong's head. And then Cave, creating a Vision Entertainment, which is my friend Andrew's clothing and just all around business. So go and support that again. I'll link that down below. Make sure you go pick up a Cave shirt as well because they are arguably one of the most comfortable shirts. You can also go pick up a Troglodyte sweatshirt. It's my favorite sweatshirt. I own. I'm not wearing it right now because it's freaking hot outside. Uh, While well, we're on the topic of that, let's look at the weather. The Logan Blackman Show weather forecast. The tri-weekly weather forecast for Logan Blackman Show. It's not hot. I Crazy hot. But it's hot for me since I've been inside in the A.C. all morning. Right now in Urbandale, Iowa, which is where we do the Logan Blackman Show, 79 degrees and cloudy. Mostly cloudy right now. There's a 10% chance of rain. Feels like 84 degrees. The air quality is good which is always good you always want the air quality to be good so we're always hoping for here on the logan blackman show and if you're listening to us up at cedar falls which i the only other place we broadcast logan blackman show it's 81 degrees right now in cedar falls mostly cloudy feels like 84 10 percent chance of rain air quality is also good which is always good to hear it's always good to hear but as we said actually i don't know if i said this i did i've recorded the intro twice so i might have i might have already said this but uh, (laughs) July is when all of the major sports, pretty much all of the major sports are coming back. I think all of them that aren't back already. Anyways, that most of them are back, which is beautiful. I mean, most of them are not back beautiful. Most of them are coming back. We have soccer, obviously back premier league, La Liga, Bundesliga, Syria, all of those leagues are currently playing. We'll go over the scores of those in a wee bit, but throughout July, the NBA is going to be back. The MLS is going to be back. MLS is coming back on July 8th, 8th or 11th. I can't remember. The WNBA is back. The NHL is back. The NWSL is back on, has been on for, I think, a week now, a week or two. The NFL's training camps are opening up, and title races, La Liga and Syria, are heating up. Again, we'll talk about those leagues in a little bit. But Also, the MLB is back. We talked about this numerous times here on the Logan Blackman Show, because we didn't think there would be an MLB season, to be honest. Didn't really look like it was actually going to happen. I, players were not liking each other. There was a lot of anger and distrust for both sides of this whole thing. It just wasn't very fun. So I was like, "Ah, oh, there's not going to be baseball. Sadly, I love baseball. So I need baseball to be back in my life because it's it's just necessary. I love baseball. Baseball is my, I, well, third favorite sport, <laughs> if, that's, if that's a thing you can have. Third favorite sport. I got my Cubs hat on today. I'm ready for baseball to be back. But, as you know, today is July 1st, so what does that mean? Speaking of baseball on July 1st, what does that mean? Happy Bobby Bonilla Day. One and every, one in all, one and everybody. Is that a phrase? I don't know. It's a phrase now. But happy Bobby Bonilla Day. The Mets will pay him $1.19 million today and every July 1st until, I believe, 2035. Insanity. Absolute insanity insanity. So, here we go. Let's read over this ESPN article. For those of you who don't know what Bobby Bonilla Day or who Bobby Bonilla is, let's just go over that real quick. The calendar is turned to July 1st, and that means one thing, it's time for the Mets fans everywhere to wish each other a happy Bobby Bonilla Day. Why? On Wednesday, 57-year-old Bobby Bonilla will collect his check for $1,193,248.20 for the New York Mets, as he will every july 1st from 2011 through 2035 because of baseball salary structure bonita's annual payday is often more than some of the player of some of the game's current stars in a given year thanks to the shorthanded season shortened season and prorated salaries players the list has grown even longer so why is bobby Bonilla getting this payday in 2000 the mets agreed to buy out the remaining 5.9 million dollars on bonita's contract however instead of paying bobby bonita $5.9 million at the time, the Mets agreed to make an annual payment of nearly $1.2 million for 25 years starting July 1st, 2011, including a negotiated 8% interest. At the time, Mets ownership was invested in a Bernie Madoff account that promised double digit returns, and the Mets were poised to make a significant profit if the Madoff account delivered. But that did not work out. How rare is this agreement? Ian last played for the Mets in 1999. Last played in the majors for the Cardinals in 2001. But will get paid through 2035 when he's 72 years old. Here are some other notable deferred money contracts: Bobby Bonilla signed again, signed a second deferred contract with the plan with the Mets and Orioles pays him $500,000 for a year for 25 years. Payments began in 2004. Insanity insanity besides young players who start careers earning about half Mania's annual 1.1.19 million dollars here are some notable players who will be making less than Mania's 1.19 million strictly because the season is only playing 60 games in 2020 of pro rater salaries courtesy of espn stat information harrison martyr dansby swanson kenta may byron buxton mitch Moreland, michael waka hunter pence Michael Fulmer, Tom, Tommy Anhole, Gio Urshela, and these players are losing close amounts to Bobby Bonilla. 1.19 million payday because of the shortened season. Luke Jackson, Pedro Strope, and Tony Walters. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day, everybody. <laughs> Man, how, that dude's living a life. That dude was an average baseball player, and he's getting paid $1.19 million until he's 72, good lord, what an insane, like, I, I'm sure he throws the biggest parties every year on July 1st, maybe not this year, maybe not this year, because of the whole, you know, COVID-19 situation going on right now, maybe not the biggest party, but a party, nonetheless, if it's a party by himself, good on you, Bobby, because God knows I would be partying every day if I got paid $1.19 1.19 million dollars every July 1st until I was 72 years old. Now Bobby's a little older than me, but in just until 2035, that would hold me over for a while. We we got 15 years of this left. That's crazy. I love that. It's one of my favorite days in the sporting calendar. I absolutely love Bobby Bonilla Day. I don't know who doesn't love Bobby. I just I crack a smile every day or every year I hear about this because I I forget about it and then july 1st comes around and then everybody's tweeting about it happy bobby bonilla day one and all it's awesome i love bobby bonilla bobby bonilla is uh an idol to a lot of people out there because if people buy you out make sure you negotiate it so it's like this where you just get paid every single year for the rest uh well not the rest of his life i hope he lives longer than 72 But until he's old, until he's very, very old, he hasn't played baseball since 01, which is very, which is very funny in my opinion. I think that's friggin' hilarious, but happy Bobby Bonilla day, everybody. I had to get that in. I had to get that in. While we're on the topic of baseball, let's just go over some KBO scores real quick. KBO obviously going on right now. It's the one thing that's been holding some people over since the baseball season has been getting played. Uh, or at least hasn't been played yet kbo has been something that we've been following here on the Logan Batman show for a while now if you're watching the youtube channel and haven't had the chance to listen to the podcast i don't know if i'll edit the entire podcast or edit the entire video and put like a 30 minute clip on youtube or something or i'll just post the entire two hour show on youtube if not, either way, I'll link the actual podcast down in the description below, so make sure you go and click on that, and listen to it either on Apple Podcast or Spotify. I, ver- I would greatly appreciate it, and as you notice, since we are filming, that means we actually have our camera. We have a tripod as well, so that Logan Blackman Show video that I keep talking about will actually be coming up in the near future. We hope so. I got a couple shirts coming in the mail, so I'll be wearing those for the video. I think one's coming next week, a week from yesterday next Tuesday, I believe I paid extra shipping for it to get here on time. because I didn't want to wait that long to get this shirt because I wanted to wear it for a video. And so hopefully the video comes sooner rather than later. But for the time being, you'll be seeing videos like this, where we'll have the podcast posted up on YouTube. And it just gives you something else to watch. And if you don't like watching me for two hours, just sit here in a room in my parents' basement with a green screen that probably has a lot of creases in it a lot of little wrinkles in it then just go listen to the podcast either way just listen to logan blackman show we're trying to grow the show and it's slowly but surely getting a little bigger each and every week so i've greatly appreciated if you listen to the normal podcast as well as watching the entirety of this if you watch the entirety of this video good on you i have a couple two-hour videos on my youtube channel so i hope you guys go and watch those videos as well. They're both NFL season previews. That one will be coming up in, I think, late August. So make sure you stay tuned for that one as well. Just turn on the notifications as well as subscribing to the YouTube channel as well. But let's get back to the KBO. So obviously, let's go over the standings real quick before we go into this. The NC Dinos still remain top dogs with 33 and a 15 record. Kiwoom in second one, 31-19, same as we left them on Friday because obviously we didn't have a show on Monday, so we couldn't recap the games for the weekend doosan in third with 29 20 lg twins in fourth with the 28 and 21 record kia tigers fifth place 25 and 21 followed by samsung Lote, KT SK, and hanwa who are two games behind sk for that last place spot i hope hanwa is able to get out that last place spot that'd be really awesome for hanwa in their fence so let's go over the scores that we did not get to on monday so we'll go all the way back to Saturday. We have Lote versus KT. Lote beat KT 8-0. Hanwha beat the NC Dinos. Worst team in the league, beating the best team in the league on Saturday, 4-3. Kiwon beat SK 9-3. Kia Tigers beat the Samsung Lions 6-3. And the Doosan Bears beat the LG Twins 8-2. Moving on to Sunday, the NC Dinos got their revenge on Hanwha 9-7. Doosan again beat LG 3-1. And Kiwon beat SK 7-2. Samsung Lions beat the Kia Tigers 12-5. And KT beat Lotte three to two, and then obviously we had games yesterday and this morning. We had Hanwha losing to Samsung eleven to four, Lotte beating K- Kia four to three, NC beating KT four to three, Kia beating the LG Twins eight to three, and Dusan beating SK nine to two. Then moving on to Wednesday, we only had one game happen this morning. That was Samsung versus Hanwha, three two was the final there. Whoa, we are way back. We are way behind. I'm reading scores from a while ago. So let's, let's, let's look back at, uh, at some other games. Cause those, those scores are from <laughs> back. Yeah, no, let's just look at some scores that happened. This let's just read the scores that happened yesterday and today. Cause obviously they don't have games on Monday. Uh, Kia versus Hanwa was postponed. LG beat KT four to three. Lote beat the NC Dinos 10 to eight. Samsung beat SK four to one and Kiwoom demolished the Doosan bears. 11 to 2. Let's look at that Doosan Bears versus Kiwoom game. 11 to 2. 14 runs. 14 hits for Kiwoom in this game. Doosan got out early. 1-0 in the top of the first. Kiwoom gets two runs again in the second. And it was just an onslaught from there. Kia got set six runs in the seventh inning. And Doosan didn't get their next run until the ninth inning. So they opened the game and closed the game. But it didn't matter as they got pounded by Kiwoom not great, not a great showing from my Doosan Bears, but you know what? We move, we move, and on today, Doosan got a little revenge tour against Kiwan 14-5 was the final there, KT beat LG 11-5, Samsung beat SK 7-1, NC beat Lote 6-2, to and Kia, in the closest game of these games from today, beat Hanwha 4-3, to and as we said, the standings right now, NC still remains top dogs as they have been for the most of the season, with Kiwoom three games behind the NC Dinos in second with Doosan in third. Four and a half games behind the NC Dinos there. And the LG Twins for Noah and his team, the LG Twins, five and a half games behind the NC Dinos in the season so far. So, it's been, it's been kind of fun. No, I'm not going to lie. It's been kind of fun following the KBO since we haven't had any sports for a while. Like, when there was no soccer there's no NASCAR. There's no nothing. The KBO was there. The first live sports that pretty much came back, and I've enjoyed it. It's been fun. It's been a fun time. It's been a fun time. And while we're on the topic of scores, let's go over to the world of soccer. As we said, soccer, NASCAR, football, obviously, basketball, baseball, hockey, all that stuff hasn't been there, but the KBO was. But now all the major leagues in soccer are back except for League N, in the French country. Let's look at the scoreboards right now. Let's look at the Liga because La Liga has the closest title race or has a highly contested title race against the biggest rivalry, arguably, in the world of soccer, Real Madrid versus Barcelona. In their last four games, Barcelona have dropped points three times, drawing three. Real Madrid, in that time span, have won four games in a row. For a title race, it's not looking good for Barcelona. Real Madrid's schedule has not necessarily been the hardest schedule in the world. It's been actually fairly easy for the Madrid Giants. And this weekend, Barcelona, they drew 2-2 two to, two to Madrid's city neighbors, Atlético Madrid. And then, look, Real Madrid played Barcelona's city neighbors, Espanol, and beat them 1-0. So, right now, Real Madrid currently sit on top of the league with 71 points. Barcelona in second with 70 d points both teams are tied on goal difference and yeah Gerard Pique said this a few weeks ago when Barcelona or what was it last week when Barcelona drew with Sevilla he thinks the season title race is over but he doesn't see Real Madrid slipping up anytime soon and it doesn't seem like that they've won their last five games where Barcelona as a, again have dropped points three separate times drawing three of their last four games which is not great in a title race especially with your biggest rival your most hated rival in Real Madrid, it's not great, it's it's not great, so I hope, because I like Barcelona, I love Lionel Messi, I hope they can bounce back, but it doesn't really look like it, they've, they choked it away, essentially, they haven't been losing, but they choked the title race away, because they keep drawing with teams, while well, Real Madrid is in the easy part of their schedule, and they are taking care of business, they're playing the likes of Espanol who currently sit at the bottom of La Liga. They played Mallorca, who sit 18th in La Liga. So it's not like they're playing these incredibly tough opponents. So Barcelona, I know they're playing tougher teams like Sevilla and Atletico Madrid. They can't be affording to drop points because they should know in the back of their head that Real Madrid is not going to drop points against teams like Mallorca and Espanol. It's just not going to happen it doesn't happen very often because <laughs> you know why because Barcelona beat the teams that they are supposed to beat which is why they will are they will probably win La Liga this year and it sucks for Barcelona and their fans but that's just the reality of it and it hasn't been because of Eden Hazard like a lot when Eden Hazard transferred over from Chelsea a lot of people expected him to take over and be that main cog in the offense that has been gone since Cristiano Ronaldo left for Juventus but he actually hasn't been he hasn't done anything that special this year for Real Madrid. It's really been Kareem Benzema. It's like career resurgence for Kareem Benzema. Second in the league in goal scoring right now with 17 goals to his name this season. And according to whoscored.com, he is the third best player in La Liga this season. with was a 7.48 seasonal rating with season and whoscored.com's team this season, along with Real Madrid teammates Casemiro, Rafael Varane, Sergio Ramos, and Donny Carvajal. And speaking of Real Madrid and their right back situation, with Donny Carvajal, Atraf Hakimi, who's been on loan for, at Borussia Dortmund for I think the past two seasons. I could be wrong about that, but I think it's been two seasons. Maybe it's only been, maybe it's only been one. But as far as I, from what I'm thinking right now, it's been two seasons. He has now signed a deal with Inter Milan, so he will be their wing back, which would be perfect for Antonio Conte's system there at uh, Inter Milan. Per, he's surely an upgrade on Victor Moses. I know Antonio Conte has a special relationship with Victor Moses, but Hakimi has proved week in and week out while playing for Borussia Dortmund that he can be one of the best wingbacks in the world. He's done that week in, week out at Borussia Dortmund as they switched to a 3-4-3 uh, three, three formation. He's been sprinting down that right wing, and it's been, it's worked very well for Borussia Dortmund, except for, you know, the last game they played when they got absolutely schlacked by hoffenheim four nil not a great showing from bruce Dortmund. but as we said they weren't if even if they did lose their league position wasn't going to do anything if they won or lost they were going to stay second in the league but yeah you don't want to end the season on a four nil slacking on a team that's in sixth place but in the bundesliga the big teams the big teams those games didn't really matter like Bayern munich already won the league Dortmund's finishing second we had all that information done It was the bottom of the Bundesliga that we really needed to pay attention to because we had an intense race for that 16th and 17th spot league between Werner Bremen and Fortuna Dusseldorf. Both teams have been struggling all season, and it will be Fortuna Dusseldorf who will be destined for the drop this season, coming in 17th place, losing their last game of the season to, if I can find it here, Union Berlin, three nil and Werder Bremen put on a show this weekend. We said they needed a big performance from Cologne or needed a big performance against Cologne. And they got it a six one slacking to Cologne this past Saturday, six one. And now they're not guaranteed to go down. There is still a chance that they stay up in the Bundesliga. Why? Because unlike other leagues around the world, the Bundesliga does a relegation playoff. So the, the team that finishes in 16th place in the league gets to fa- gets to play the team that came in third place in the second Bundesliga or Bundesliga 2, whatever they want to call it. And that team is Hybert Hyde Heid- Oh jeez. FC Heidenheim. Heidenheim. <laughs> I don't know if I said that right. FC Heidenheim came in third in the second Bundesliga. FC Heidenheim. Uh, this past weekend, where are they at on the score? They lost to Armenia by Be- We're getting the extremely German names once you get in the second Bundesliga. Like these are some extreme German names: Heidenheim, Armenia Bielefeld, Darmstadt, Erzabridge, U, Bachum, Güntherfur, Furth, Furth. Fuer- Fuer- sand Sanhausen Hostin Kiel, Jean Rasingberg I I'm not saying any of these names right but you get the point there are some extremely German names in the second Bundesliga so we should expect uh FC Heidenbeam Heidenbeim to play Werder Bremen in this year's relegation playoff will Werder Bremen go down in the Bundesliga I hope not because Josh Sargent plays there US international So, I hope they don't go down. I hope they stay in the Bundesliga so he can keep getting the best, playing against the best competition in Germany or some would say in the world. If not, if they go down, I hope he gets a big transfer to somewhere else in the Bundesliga because the Bundesliga has proved very nice. It's been very, very nice to the United States men's national team. You see likes of Christian Pulisic, Tyler Adams, Zach Steffen. Then he got the likes of Josh Sargent, Weston McKinney, John Brooks alfredo morales uh timothy chandler fabian johnson i mean, we can go on and on about how the Bundesliga has transferred over to the united states men's national team in a very good in a very positive light to some extent some of those players like timmy chandler alfredo morales are not players that i really want to build a team around i really didn't like it whenever they would be in the national team setup but you know they're there so you gotta accept it you gotta accept it but yeah, as we've talked about, the US international US men's national team is the future's looking pretty bright. I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling pretty confident about the US men's national team moving forward. Obviously missed the 2018 World Cup, which is not not great, but we move forward. Pulisic's been playing great at Chelsea. Uh Tyler Adams has been playing really good for RB Leipzig. West McKinney, same thing for Schalke. Like Gio Reyna, I forgot about him playing for Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Chris Richards I think is his name for Bayern Munich the center back he's been starting to come up he's 17 years old playing for them I'm feeling really nice about the U.S. men's national team's future and with the U.S. men's national team we got a lot of players obviously in the MLS that season will be coming up soon I am very excited for that I'm interested to see how this like bracket setup thing will do for the MLS either way I'm very excited for it sporting Kansas City have played well to this point of the season I granted they've only played two games it's a very small sample size, but they play great in those two games. So I'm feeling I, sorry for feeling confident going in to this MLS playoff bracket thing. I am very excited for whatever this comes back because it's the MLS. I really love watching the MLS. Sporting Kansas City are my dogs. You'll, you'll see me starting to wear a Sporting Kansas City jersey or a couple jerseys as we get more and more on or more used to this uh, video camera setup. Because obviously This is the first one, so there might be a little uh, a little blips here and there but you know what we move blips happen there's gonna be some trial and error things going on in the first episode so hopefully that doesn't happen but for right now i'm feeling pretty good and it's looking pretty good i like the setup we got here with the with jeff gordon the bills home my laptop the green screen i'll throw some pictures on the green screen if you're watching the video but if you're listening to podcasting, you don't need to worry about that you don't need to worry about that So as we just talked about the Bundesliga, Bayern Munich won the league last week or two weeks ago. So that race has been done. Now let's go over to the Premier League where that league is also pretty much done. Liverpool won the league on Friday, or on Thursday, my bad. And yeah, it was a terrible day for everybody involved. Just an absolutely horrendous day. Horrendous day. But in the brighter side of the Premier League, besides Liverpool winning the league, Manchester United had been on fire winning the last two games against Sheffield United and Brighton both games 3-0 now they're not the strongest teams in the world Sheffield United have been a very good uh been very, very, a very positive story this season but ever since the resume or the restart comes came about they've struggled they have not played very good they've drawn one in their last 5 games Sheffield United have drawn two, lost two and only one one and this is a team that was playing very, very nice soccer, or football, whatever you want to call it, up until this point in the season, before the season ended. And now you got teams like Manchester United, who are continuing their runoff hot form. Like, Sheffield United have fallen off a cliff since this restart's happened. And they got battered against Newcastle. They got battered against Manchester United. It just hasn't been great for them, and I don't expect it to turn around anytime soon. They're playing Tottenham tomorrow. Granted, it is at Sheffield United, but as we said in the Bundesliga, home field advantage doesn't really matter that much. Because in the Bundesliga, we've talked about this on the show before, in the Bundesliga, teams that have been on the road have actually done better than teams at home because there's no, oh, I'm going to the Allianz Arena. Oh, I'm going to the Stadion in Borussia Dort- at Dortmund. Oh, I'm going to the Veltens Arena. There's no home field advantage. There's no crowd. They're playing in dead silence. There's no fear. So everybody's going in like, ah, oh, this is just a normal game. Yeah, it's in a different city. Yeah, we're in a different locker room, but or dressing room, whatever you want to call it. But it, the fans aren't there, so it's not really affecting us. But Manchester United, throughout this time, since the restarts happened, they drew Tottenham, and then they've won their past two games by a combined score of 6-0. Bruno Fernandez and Paul Pogba have started together those past two games, winning those games both times. Bruno Fernandez has scored in, I think, two of the three games. I might be wrong about the second one against Sheffield United. No, I, no, we, we talked about the game on the show. We watched it. Anthony Martial got his first ever Premier League hat trick. So, okay, no. He did not score. But he scored in two of the last three games. Scored a penalty against Tottenham. Scored two yesterday against Brighton. And him and Pogba have looked great together. And I'm excited for the future. My dad turned to me when we were watching the highlights because I was at work all day yesterday. He said, are they actually going to be good again? say, so, yeah, I certainly I certainly hope so. The future's looking bright. Much like the, what we said about the U.S. Med's national team. I'm the future's looking bright for Manchester United. Pogba and Fernandez have played together beautifully. Uh, Mason Greenwood has played awesome. As a 17-year-old, he's been playing amazing. Now, again, upgrades could be made. Jaden Sancho's an obvious need there. Because as good as Mason Greenwood is, he's only 17 and he's not a right winger. He's a striker. And only gonna i said this. He's a better finisher than a lot of players on the Manchester United roster. He's a better finisher than Raster. He's a better finisher than Martial. Like, I love Mason Greenwood, but Jayden Sancho's is an obvious need that you could maybe upgrade at central defensive midfield, even though Nemanja Matic has been, there have been rumors of him getting ready to sign a new contract at Manchester United. There has been uh, some talks that they're good at the central midfield. There, there's been talks that they're pretty much feeling they're good at everything minus the right wing, which has been a problem for Manchester United for pretty much all of the 2010s, essentially. If I'm th- if I remember right, it's been something like that. Right wing's always been a position of worry for Manchester United fans. Like one Matt has been shunted out the right wing. You've seen Di Maria there. Uh, Ashley Young's been there a few times. Then he got Nani there for a few times ever since like Parsi sung left, uh, Ronaldo who was playing on the right wing when he first started his Manchester United career there's been struggles at the right wing and Jayden Sancho would certainly solve that at least you would hope because he is a world-class right winger he's one of the best distributors one of the best goal creators in the world finished second in the Bundesliga with assists with 16 I think he scored 17 league goals like, he's an obvious he, he just fit what Manchester United he'd fit what a lot of teams wanted to do to be honest, there's not there's not a lot of teams that would turn away a star the level of Jaden Sancho. It's there's not a lot of people that would do that, and there's are not a lot of smart people. If they are turning away, that's on them. I hope I'm glad you're turning him away because I want him on my team. <laughs> but Manchester United have looked great, and I'm really I'm looking forward to next season a lot. And that's the first time I've said that. I mean, obviously, every fan is excited for the upcoming season. But this, upcoming, this next season, I actually think they can make some noise. Now, I'm not saying they're going to beat Liverpool to the league title or beat Manchester City or like those teams, but I think they're going to actually compete, which is something, even when they came second a few years ago, Jose Mourinho said that was the greatest accomplishment in his entire career. Even when they came second, they didn't really compete that year. The next year, they were supposed to actually be good and they didn't really do anything. And now we're sitting here in fifth place in the league, two points, I think two points. Yeah, two points off Chelsea. And I'm feeling actually confident for the upcoming season. It's a weird feeling that I've not had in a very long time, but I'm feeling confident for next season. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful feeling. But as you said, Liverpool won the league this year, sadly. Manchester City, second place. Christian Pulisic basically won the league for Liverpool with his... Well, not basically, because I guess uh, Giroux won it. Fi- uh, did Giroud or Williams score? I can't remember. But, yeah, sad times. It pains me to see Christian Pulisic helping Liverpool, but that's what happens. what happens, I guess. But we do have Premier League action going on today. We have Bournemouth versus Newcastle going on right now. And Everton taking on Leicester City right now. Until I refresh, let's see what they're at right now no newcastle united are currently up one nil on bournemouth one nil then you got norwich and arsenal and all those yeah yeah there's been more games added like they haven't they haven't been updating them but now i refreshed it so now we're up to date but newcastle as we said one nil up on bournemouth goal coming from dwight gale who is an amazing championship striker premier league striker ah he's he's all right i guess he's just he's he's just an all right premier league striker but he did get a goal in the game. This could be bad for Bournemouth. Cause as we've talked about a lot of times on the show, they're in one of those relegation battles and all the teams in like 16 through 19 have not been playing great. have not been playing good. Really at all. <laughs> to be honest, you have the likes of Watford 28 points. They've lost three of their last four. They've lost four of their last six. You see West Ham losing five of their last six Bournemouth lost five of their last six Aston Villa have lost four of their last six so like these teams just do not want to stay up but now we have a three-way tie essentially and for 17th with 27 points West Ham are currently in 17th with a better goal differential than Bournemouth and Aston Villa but man neither it doesn't seem like any of these teams want to stay up this year I think now we've talked about this before I think that Watford will be fine and I could honestly see I'm gonna change this I think Aston Villa could honestly Stab Jack Grealish is willing this team <laughs> to amazing results and it's kind of crazy to watch how he's carrying this team on his back essentially now if he once he keeps them up they, oh god I bit my lip oh ow that didn't feel very good but uh what were, what were we even talking about my, I lost my train of thought <laughs> <laughs> uh, that didn't feel very good I, I didn't feel good at all wow I've completely lost my train of thought. What were they talking about? Aston Villa staying up this year? Uh, if if he keeps them up, then he's going to get the key to this. He's going to get a knighthood. Like, there's – Aston Villa are a team that should not be staying up. They've allowed 60 goals this season, which is the most in the league, even more than Norwich. Like, they're – Aston Villa, there's no reason they should stay up, but I got a sneaky feeling that they will stay up because of Jack Grealish. And he's just been playing out of his mind and he'll get a big money move to what my gut tells me, Manchester United. I've also heard Manchester City have been looking at him a lot recently as well. But I feel like he's gonna move on to Manchester United. If not, then eventually we'll probably see James Madison come over because not this year, because he just signed a new deal at Leicester, but says he grew up a Manchester United fan, so I could eventually see him coming over to the Premier or coming over to Manchester United at some point throughout his career but that's our run through of the Premier League let's go to Serie A finally we're going to talk about here today we have Juventus and Lazio heating up for their for Lazio trying to beat Juventus to the Serie A title they're currently four points off of Juventus that one loss to Atalanta has really screwed up their chance to really catch up to Juventus because I don't see Juventus dropping any points for a while at least Like if you look at their next few games, they're playing, uh, Torino. They just beat Genoa the other day. They should beat their city neighbors. Torino currently said 14th in Syria. And then they play AC Milan who, who are good at times, but should be able to handle AC Milan. I, I would expect them to handle AC Milan. Now, hopefully for Lazio, they're getting to their weaker point of the schedule. They just beat Torino two to one yesterday. And then they've got another game against AC Milan coming up. And then they play Lecce, I believe is what I saw there. So, hopefully for this, I would really like to see Lazio win Serie A. I really like Chiro Mobley. He's currently top of the Serie A goal scoring charge with 29 goals this season. Responsible for 44% of Lazio's goals this season, which is a ridiculous amount. Even Cristiano Ronaldo is behind that. Responsible for 41% of Juventus's goals he scored 24 goals this season they got Lukaku in third with 19 goals to his name this season but Lazio I just hope they are able to catch up to Juventus four points back they have a better goal differential if they didn't lose that game to Atalanta a few days ago or was it last week a few weeks ago a week and a half ago something like that then they'd be one point behind Juventus because that's how math works I <laughs> you You're down four points. You win one game, which is worth three points. You're down one point. Maths. Quick maths. I think that'd be cool to see Lazio win the Serie A. It won't bother me either way, but I just think it'd be kind of cool to see Lazio beat Juventus or pit Juventus to the Serie A crown this year. It'd be really cool. I I I would be all for that. I would be all for that. But in all the leagues right now, you got teams like Juventus. You got teams like Real Madrid that don't drop points that often, especially in Real Madrid's case. They don't have a very tough schedule. Their remaining remaining games aren't particularly hard. And so teams like Barcelona or Lazio, dropping points is not good when you're playing teams of the caliber of Real Madrid and Juventus. Lazio lost their game against Atalanta. Barcelona have drawn three of their last four games. It's not good for tile races gotta be, gotta be on top of things at all times. And they obviously weren't, but, uh, we got, we got a few talking, talking points to get to here, but before we get into the big one, since we didn't get into that on Monday, there's another big one. This one came out yesterday or sometime yesterday. When did this come out? June, oh, June 28th. But the article is re-update, re like re-updated, I guess, 16 hours ago or something like that. So we'll read through this, but if you haven't heard the news, this happened about, when was this, a few weeks ago. The SEC came out and said they will not allow teams, or no, it was, the, it was the NCAA or SEC. They came out and said, basically, if you have a Confederate flag as a predominant feature in your flag, you're not allowed to either, A, compete for national championships, or B, go to, just championships in general. I don't think they could compete for championships. So, June 28th, and it got re again today, uh, or yesterday, Mississippi lawmakers vote to remove the Confederate flag emblem from its state flag. And it is like the first thing you look at, it looks like the Dutch flag. And then you got poof, right in the top left corner. You got the Confederate flag right there, which is not a great symbol for a lot of, for a lot of reasons, but it's good to see that they're actually taking steps towards getting this off their flag. Now, whether they're going to add there, There's been a lot of funny pictures of things they're going to add in there. Like, I think PFT commenter posted a picture of the the peeing celebration, the Ole Miss versus Mississippi State game last year, I believe. So, that's obviously a good shout. I would do that. i would be funny to see that at the top left corner of any flag. Or they could just take that whole little square out of the flag in general and just make it the Dutch flag or the Netherlands flag. Because that's right, right? Or does it go red, white, blue? Or blue, white? I think it's blue, white, red. I think that is the Dutch flag but yeah, this is, e- this is definitely the smartest move. Here's what the article on ESPN says. Mississippi lawmakers voted Sunday to retire the Confederate flag, Confederate battle emblem from its flag, following the widespread increased pressure that came apart from the wide world of sports. <laughs> Mississippi's house and Senate voted in succession Sunday afternoon to retire the flag with the broad bit partisan su- with broad bit partisan support. Republican Governor Tate Reeves has said that he will sign the bill and the state flag would lose official status as soon as as he signs the measure. Mississippi is the only flag that continues to feature the banner of the Confederacy. The state faced pressure to change the flag during this past month amid the worldwide protests against racial injustice in the United States. Earlier this month, NASCAR banned the Confederate flag at its races two days after Bubba Wallace, the the lone black driver of NASCAR, uh, three national series called for the organization to remove it SEC commissioner Greg Sankey threatened on June 18th to not host any future conference championship events in Mississippi until the state changes flag the SEC last ran a championship event in Mississippi in May 2016 so yeah basically it's just they're taking out the flag which is a which is great which is a really good step and they're they're lone state's in the United States that has that flag, still featured on their flag, and if you know anything about U.S. history, Mississippi State, or Mississippi, the state of Mississippi, has been one of the, at least in the broad, like, looking at it through the lens of history, has not been the most progressive state, has had a wide history of race problems down there, and this is a very good step to helping ease those problems now i'm not saying it's going to eliminate it because there's still people though it's not on the state flag people are still going to have the flag just because you banned it or it doesn't feature anything people are still going to fly people still fly Confederate flags but this is a good step in the right direction it's just not the face of a state anymore like one of my friends we were up in Cedar Falls this weekend and one of my friends we were talking about this and he'd never seen the Mississippi State flag before and he looked I was like, "Whoa, because it, it it is massive on the left side of the flag. It's bigger than the stars on the on the American flag. It's bigger than that square. This thing is it takes up a lot of the flag. And this is a very good very positive step to just uh, just delete it, just to get rid of it. Hopefully, people will start to stop using this flag because it is now people want to claim the heritage thing. And I didn't really know this. It kind of it kind of surprised me to a certain extent that the Confederacy only lasted for five years, which a lot of people don't really think about that. But your heritage heritages don't really last five years. They're just not letting go of something. But I'm glad people are starting to let go Like NASCAR. Um, as they said, Bubba Wallace is the lone black driver in the top three um, race events like that got the NASCAR then you've got or the Sprint Cup, uh, Monster Energy Cup, the Xfinity Series, and then the Camping World Truck Series. I don't know if it's the Camping World Truck Series anymore, but the Truck Series. You got one black driver. NASCAR has not been a very, like, on the, the forefront of, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but now, a lot of people view NASCAR's race. I'll just say it like that. And with this flag being at a lot of Southern racetracks. I'm glad I'm very happy that they removed the flag or banned the flag. And I'm also even more happy that the state of Mississippi has announced that they will remove it from the flag and we'll see what their new flag will look like. I'm very intrigued to see what that is. We'll keep you all posted on the new Mississippi flag, but it's a very good step in the right direction. You know Uh, what? Let's take a quick break here on the Logan line, which I'm going to make some lunch. And then I will be back here. We got some big news regarding the NFL. And then we obviously got our favorite Wednesday program. Stay woke Wednesday. All of that will be coming up right after this. All right, everybody. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman show here on the basement podcast. As you may notice, if you're watching this on YouTube, I have changed shirts. Uh, I was cutting a tomato upstairs. With this extremely dull knife, and it squirted the tomato juice right onto my shirt. I've had it for two days, and I would like it to be as clean as possible, so I took it upstairs right as it happened and sprayed spray and wash on it and had to change shirts, which, you know, I'm not too happy about because I really like this shirt. As I said at the beginning of the show, go check out Cave creating a vision entertainment down in the description below go buy yourself a cave shirt go buy yourself a troglodyte sweatshirt because those sweatshirts are freaking comfortable and just 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 go support the website just go do that uh obviously i can't be a good branded bastard right now if i'm not wearing the shirt but that's why i got the sticker right there so you'll always be able to see the cave logo somewhere so just just again reminder check out in the description below if you're watching this on the youtube channel if you're not and you're listening on the podcast, then forget everything I just said. But let's go over what I did this weekend. Because I haven't really talked about what I did this weekend. It was a pretty it was an enjoyable weekend, I will say so myself. This weekend, on Saturday, went up to your Falls, housed some great people. It's a couple friends' birthdays, hung up out there, hung out up there. Sunday, was my uncle's birthday. Hung out at my grandparents' house with my uncle and my family. It was a great day monday i'm including this the weekend because we didn't do a show on monday so i'll do a recap of what happened on monday monday got the car tried to record a show didn't happen hung out with a few friends after that and you know what we did after we got done with everything that was going on throughout the day after we got done eating dinner came back here and watched let's get this for dramatic effect bible man yes shattering the prince of pride bible man the movie look at that that is the official bible man i've had this for i think most of my life i would say this movie or tv show i guess came out in 2000 i've had this for freaking ever and i love this movie (laughs) drew so i watched this movie with drew and aaron drew uh looked like he was gonna die the entire time we watched this movie and I was upset because I was like, how are you How are you looking like you're sad watching Bible Man? Bible Man's freaking awesome. If you haven't watched it, come over to my house. I got two DVDs of Bible Man. I got Shattering the Prince of Pride and uh, something else. It's a silver Bible Man. It's a different one. But Shattering the Prince of Pride, I watched religiously, pun intended, growing up it's awesome. Bible man is awesome. And I watched that movie or TV, whatever you want to call it. And <laughs> I, was, I was, I was laughing so hard the entire thing because I was, dumb. It was Bible man, uh, on like when you're younger and watch it, it's the greatest thing ever. I had the Bible man mask. I had a Bible man cape. Drew had a Bible man lightsaber. I had all of that. And when I was younger, my mom and dad used to tell me this. I would run past our neighbor's house with my Bible man mask on and my Bible man cape on, but you know who lived next door to the Logan Blackman show at that time? This is at our old house. Slipknot. So the world famous heavy metal band is next door and I was running past their house with Bible man stuff on. Maybe I convinced them to watch Bible man. I don't know. Maybe that's Maybe if I could do one thing, <laughs> make slip dot watch Bible, man. Oh my goodness. Bible, man. Like I was laughing so hard the entire time. It's such bad acting. They're trying to be funny and it's not funny. Kind of like me. And oh my God, it was fantastic. Fantastic. I tried to find the mask and Kate, but I couldn't find it anywhere, but it doesn't matter. It didn't take away from my experience to say the least. And Oh my god! I would recommend if you haven't gotten it yet, or if you haven't seen any Bible man episodes, go and get Bible man, shattering the Prince of pride or the fear and faith one with silver Bible man. has got a purple dude on it. I don't, I don't know what it's called, but go watch Bible man. Cause you'll have a good laugh. Not because it's actually funny. It's more of a like, I can't believe we're watching this. What have we done with our lives that's led to this point? Oh my god! Go watch Bible man. Go watch Bible Man, go watch Tales. go watch everything. But let's get into what we're actually here to talk about today. And since we didn't get to it yesterday, since we, did, of course, did not have a show, we got to talk about Cam Newton and the New England Patriots. This happened Sunday night when I was at my grandparents' house. I was in their kitchen or their dining room area. My uncle and my dad are outside talking. I sprint outside. Dad, Cam Newton signed up the freaking Patriots. And not only did Cam sign up for the Patriots, The Patriots got Cam Newton on a one-year $7.5 million deal, which is a half million more than what the Cowboys paid for Andy Dalton. And my dad said this at the time, very similar players. (laughs) Very similar level. One's been to a Super Bowl and one's having an MVP trophy. The other one has uh, a mass zero playoff, wins his entire career. And uh, yeah, now a backup. Now, there are some reports out there as an anonymous AFC East head coach. I can't see Sean McDermott saying this, but I could definitely see... Uh, I, I think it's Brian Flores, former New England Patriots assistant coach for like 14 years or something. like that. He's been with them all the way back since the 2004 Super Bowl against the Eagles. So, I would think Brian Flores said this, but I'll read the quote out just so you can get an idea, I guess, of what I'm talking about here. Because... Because looking at it on face value, you would never go, Cam Newton is going to be a backup to Jarrett Stidham. That's what a lot of people out there in the national media have said. Like, obviously, he's a former MVP. He's been to a freaking Super Bowl. Jarrett Stidham's thrown what, four passes and has a pick six to his name. I, there's really no competition here. But this anonymous coach came out and said – I don't see Cam Newton started for the Patriots week one. The quote goes on to say the Patriots love Jarrett Stidham. And again, my head, my guess is head coach, Brian Flores, who became the Miami Dolphins head coach. Second Patriots assistant coach to become a, or a former Bill Belichick assistant to become a Miami Dolphins head coach. First one being Nick Saban a while, a while ago, but. Brian Flores knows Bill Belichick. He's been around the system. Now, he wasn't there when they've had Stidham there, but I'm sure he still talks with his mentor, I guess. If you want to call Bill Belichick Brian Flores' mentor. But that makes you think, will Cam Newton start for the New England Patriots week one? So I made up a list of pros and cons of pros for Cam, cons for Cam, Pros for Jarrett Stidham, cons for Jarrett Stidham. I've done all of this stuff. So here's what we got. I tried to do at least three for each of them, but it didn't really work out like that. So some of them only have two, but whatever. You know what? There's more pros and cons for Cam Newton because he's played the league forever. Jarrett Stidham has played one season in the NFL. And again, he's thrown four passes, and he, one of them is a pick six. So you can't really judge Jarrett Stidham. Well, you can, but... It's hard to judge him. I guess you could say. So we gotta go on face value type things. So for Cam, pros: he's experienced. He's been in the league for a while. He's gone to a Super Bowl. He's won an MVP. He's won fifteen and one in a season. He, like the experience that he has is key to this. He's thirty-one years old. I think he's been in the league for what? Let's count it. I gotta scroll down a little bit. Uh. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years in the league. So experience is very much on him. Rookie of the Year, NFL MVP, Super Bowl appearance with a fifteen and one season. Like experience is big for Cam. Uh, he's a way better athlete than Jarrett Stidham. He's a, Cam Newton is one of the best athletes in the NFL. I don't think that's an unfair thing to say against Jarrett. So you're not as athletic as Cam Newton. I don't think he's going to take that to me too personally and go what how am i not a better athlete than cam newton i'm a way better athlete than cam newton now if he did say that because you gotta get his head checked because i know there's some people that go well you gotta believe in yourself but to a certain level you gotta realize wait a minute that's not really real like i was watching a uh manchester united it was chris smalling and phil jones maybe one Mata they were making their all-time Premier League 11s for Manchester United. Chris Mullin put himself in there and said, you got to back yourself, mate." I know that was a very bad, he's got a very high-pitched accent. So just imagine that. Go believe in yourself, mate. It's not like that. I'm sorry. I'm being mean. But now he's not on Manchester United. Now he's played very, very well in Serie A with Roma. But he ain't a Manchester United legend at all. Like there's a certain level, a certain point where you gotta go, yeah, yeah, y- y- yeah. I'm not really that good. I should probably not claim to be a legend. I know I'm all about self belief because that's the that's the thing that keeps a lot of people going. For, hell, that's what keep me going doing this podcast, which is very frustrating to do because my camera—you could hear it in that last bit—just decided to to shut off and won't record anymore. My computer won't let me download my files to it. Even though I've deleted all my old videos, all a lot of my old files, and it still won't let me add them to the video or add them into my movie app. And then they won't also, every time I add it in, it starts flashing every like second turns black, then back, black, back. It's like, I'm blinking my eyes really fast, but you know what? That's not going to, it ticks me off. Yeah. It pisses me off more than anything when stuff like that doesn't, when that happens, but I keep going because again, most important thing is self-belief. And so we're not going to be posting a video anymore because I don't have any film to put up on YouTube right now. My computer's not letting me do it. So we're going to upload the podcast in full and the audio form. So if you're listening to this and you're like, Oh man, I wanted a video tough because I wanted a video too, but that's not happening today. So we're going to suffer through and keep talking the talk, I guess. And I don't even remember what we're talking about. I'm so flustered today. This day has sucked. It's almost two o'clock. I started recording at 11. I have had about 50 minutes of recording done because of my camera, because of the stupid green screen, because of my audio recorder, because of my computer not let me upload, a- upload audio to it or upload video to it. This day has sucked. And I am, Oh man, I almost smashed my, (laughs) I almost smashed my computer earlier. I was not like, this cannot be happening. Of course this happens today. Of course this happens today, but that's beside the point. Hopefully the rest of the podcast goes semi smooth because if not, I'm going to lose my mind. (laughs) I can't, I'm not going to be able to handle this anymore, but you know what keeps me going self-belief there it is right there but yeah I don't think Jared Stidham's too upset that if I called him a worse athlete than Cam Newton there's a lot of people that are worse athletes than Cam Newton the final pro for Cam that I could think of could it be the next Randall Cunningham could have the next type Randall Cunningham type season for those of you who don't know Randall Cunningham is a Philadelphia Eagles uh, do you call him legend he's kind of a legend in Philly he's like a cult hero in a sense but Randall Cunningham, in his time in Philly, was awesome. Three-time Pro Bowler, one first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro. Was the N- the PFWA NFL Most Valuable Player in 1999. MFL Comeback Player of the Year in 92. And then, all of a sudden, the Eagles wanted to move in a different direction. In 1995, they basically told him you're going to be the backup. He wasn't happy with that and retired. Now it's different for Cam because Cam didn't retire. It was just, he got released. And Randall Cunningham and doing the things he did in Philly. Now, for those of you who haven't never seen Randall Cunningham highlights, Randall Cunningham would have been awesome in this era of football. He would have been awesome. He was mobile. He was big. He was like Cam Newton. He was a big dude that was very mobile. Six foot four. 215 pounds, now a little skinnier than Cam. Cam weighing around 245, but big dudes that can move. Randall Cunningham's awesome. Go watch some Randall Cunningham highlights on YouTube. When he had his knee injury against Buffalo, you and I, Panther Bryce Pop, I think injured his knee actually, and it it was just down from there. Then the Eagles hadn't won a Super Bowl until the one a few years ago. But Randall Cunningham, very mobile core, more viewed as an athlete more than a quarterback. He was almost the first quarterback. To have the 3,000, 1,000 yard season. Rush ran uh, through for 3,400 yards and ran for 942, which is career high, obviously. But he almost did it. He was never a very accurate passer, lead spike in police percentage measures. But he put up good numbers running the ball and decent numbers throwing the ball. He was just a great athlete. Then he left the NFL for about a year, came back in 1997, was a backup to Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson got hurt randall cunningham comes into place and then in 1998 randall cunningham just goes off with the vikings 3,700 yards passing 34 touchdowns a career high had a quarterback rating of 106 was easily a career high his career high before that if i'm looking at this 91.6 in that 1990 season where he ran for 942 yards he turned into a legit passer it was just only his second season ever in his nfl career where he completed over 60% of his passes. Barely over. Well, I'm not counting the season he played four games. It's like actual full season. Because there's a season where he completed 69% of his passes, but he only played four games. In 1992, he played 15 through, completed 60% of his passes. Completed 60.9% of his passes in 1998. Great year. Great year. Went from a just an athlete to an actual like elite passer for that one season not saying he withheld that or held himself to that every year after that but he was a great quarterback for that year he was a first team all pro in 1998 he was a pro Bowl selection he was the nfl passer rating leader in 1998 he was the nea nfl's most valuable player in 1998 like he rejuvenated himself going to minnesota now granted he did have some very talented receivers in randall randy moss and chris carter makes the quarterback's job a lot easier when you have those two wide receivers then you have smith as a running back robert smith i couldn't remember his first name for a little bit makes job a lot easier but you still have to be able to make all the throws which he did cam newton throughout his career has put up really good numbers his mvp season 3,800 yards passing 636 rushing yards 2017 career high in rushing yards 754 never completed above he has completed above 60% of his passes twice or three times if you count his first year we completed exactly 60% of his passes 2018 was his career high in completion percentage but that was when he was captain check down to chris mccaffrey the entire year which chris mccaffrey had a great year that year but yeah cam great athlete absolute snot rocket absolute hose absolute piss cannon for an arm but it's not the most accurate arm in nfl history season after his mvp season his completion percentage dropped by seven points from 59.8 to a 52.7 not a great year the year after his mvp cam has battled injuries in the latter parts of his carolina career much like randall cunningham did in the latter parts of his philadelphia career Randall Cunningham retired. Cam got released. Randall went to the Vikings. Cam's going to the Patriots. Cam, to, according to a lot of people, is going to revitalize himself. He's motivated. He's going to go in and be a completely different player. Everybody's hyping him up. He's going to throw the crap out of a football. Which he already could. He had, as we said, all the different phrases we use for how strong his arm is. Like Cam in New England, on the face value of it, is like they got Cam Newton. But then you gotta look because everybody look when you think of Cam Newton, most people go, "Oh, supreme athlete, cannon arm." That's the first big guy, mobile like that. That's the first things you think of with Cam. So when you see him picture with the Patriots, like, oh my God, it's gonna be mayhem for the rest of the NFL. But here's what calms every a lot should calm a lot of people down for this. Cam, he's battled injuries, especially as of late. He was on IR last season after playing two games. And I watched the game where he got hurt. Was again oh, I can't remember who was against, but it was on Thursday night football. I think it was against the Bucks. And I was at my friend Noah in Spencer's apartment. And can't I turned to Spencer and said, Cam is not yeah, it was against the Bucks. Cam is not looking good. He got he was down on one knee every single huddle. He got up super slow every single time. I said, this dude's not healthy. They need to not they can't play him anymore. It's not good for him. He's gonna he's gonna get hurt. Which he has been getting hurt his entire career, essentially, because the refs have never really been on his side. They've never viewed him as a quarterback, which grant, there are no quarterbacks in the NFL that look like Cam Newton. They're as big, that are as strong, that are as fast have absolute hoses for arms there's not a lot of quarterbacks that can do what cam newton does josh allen is very similar in the things that he does but he's not cam newton cam newton is an insane football player and the refs view him as just that a football player not a quarterback so he doesn't get the protection that a lot of the court like a tom brady or a lamar jackson maybe Lamar's a supreme athlete. Lamar's probably the best overall athlete at the quarterback position in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, like all these quarterbacks, they'll get taken care of by the refs. You hit Cam Newton, no one's the refs aren't really going to do anything. Cam's usually dishing out some punishment, so that's a very big con for Cam. He is, I wouldn't, well, I don't think I want to call him injury prone because I don't think that's fair to Cam. I think he gets hurt a lot because of the amount of punishment he gives and takes at the same time, which is not great for him. Sometimes it's hard to watch for Cam. Another con we have for him, never been incredibly accurate as a QB. His career is completion percentage for his career is 59.6, which in today's NFL completion percentage is starting to get, I don't know. It's starting to mean less in the NFL because there's a lot of factors that go into completion percentage that just the face of it, completion percentage doesn't show like drops, how long, like drops, how accurate was the throw? Was it way off? Was it short? It doesn't tell us everything. It just tells them if it was incomplete or complete it doesn't tell us what went down. So if the receiver drops it. That goes on the quarterback's record. It also goes on the receiver's record, but no one really talks about it that much. But quarterbacks, especially, I don't know, like five years ago especially, were viewed at, if you weren't if your completion percentage wasn't high, you're not a good quarterback. But then if you look at the top completion percentages in the NFL, let's just go back and look. I got to load this up real quick. But let's go back and look at the leaders in completion percentage last year. And hopefully it doesn't throw up a lot of like people that played one game. Because that's, really, that's not really what I want here. But you got the likes of Derek Carr. Ryan Tannehill, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, quarterbacks that, and Drew Brees up there as well, he led the league in completion percentage, but he only played 11 games, but Carr, Tannehill, Cousins, Garoppolo are not really quarterbacks that a lot of people are going to be staking their franchise. I mean, a lot to the viewing audience, a lot of people out there don't like Kirk Cousins, don't like Derek Carr, don't like Ryan Tannehill, don't like Jimmy Garoppolo, even though he went to a Super Bowl. Please percentage is starting to fade out in importance to the viewing, the, the total audience. Like Cam Noon, never been an accurate quarterback throughout his entire career, minus that one year. Sam Darnold gets. Oh my God, Sam Darnold's so awesome. He played 61% of his passes last year. Aaron Rodgers completed 62% of his passes. Like, it's an important stat, yes. But. There's a lot more factors in completion percentage. So on the face of it, he's not very accurate, which is a could be a problem with how strong his arm is because the stronger your arm, the, the more confidence you have. So the more likely you're going to try and force a ball. Josh Allen struggled this throughout his entire career in Buffalo so far, forcing the ball into a tight hole because he thinks his arm's strong enough to get it through the hole, which sometimes it is, sometimes it's not doesn't work out all the time but yeah completion percentage wise not been incredibly accurate it's not a tom brady where you're gonna i don't know you're not gonna make all the amazing throws tom brady can cam's got a stronger arm than brady by far but the type of throws brady can make cam just can't do it's not necessarily a bad thing it's just a different quarterback than tom brady the last con for him doesn't necessarily fit the Patriots system. Uh, now the system that the Patriots run has never been really tested (laughs) because Tom Brady's been the quarterback for 20 years. So when we say he won't fit the Patriots system, do we really know? We've only seen them play with one quarterback. And then you have the likes of like Matt Castle playing for that one season when Tom Brady got hurt and they missed the playoffs. Like, yeah, it's stuff like that. So, you don't really know what the Patriots' offensive system is because Brady's been the system for his entire career. They didn't throw a lot on him early in his career, but once he got comfortable with it, it was his, and he ran with it. Won a few MVPs, won a few Super Bowls. So, I don't really know what the Patriots' system is, but the one thing the Patriots have always been good at is adapting. Patriots always adapt whether it's on defense or offense they always adapt which makes them so frustrating because your team doesn't do that as well. You don't adjust to certain things. Like, oh, this didn't work last game, let's not do it this upcoming game and try something different. Not every team does that and it's weird to see that, it's weird to think about that, but pagers do it better than everybody. So, that's the benefit for that is it doesn't fit the system But the Patriots adapt, and we don't know what the Patriots' system on offense really is because Tom Brady's been there for 20 years. Tom Brady was the system on the Patriots' offensive side of the ball. Bill Belichick can give a rat's ass about the Patriots' offense. Watch when the Patriots score touchdowns. Go and look on YouTube. Watch Bill Belichick mic'd up and see the Patriots scoring touchdowns. See how insane and cappy he is when they score a touchdown. Bill Belichick just expects touchdowns. On defense, Bill Belichick... Is in everybody's faces on the sidelines. Like, Bill Belichick is one of the greatest defensive coordinators all the time. He stopped one of the greatest offenses of the early 90s, the Buffalo Bills offenses in the Super Bowl and beat them. When they just clobbered the Oakland Raiders 51 to 3, they stopped them. Bill Belichick could care less about the offense. He just expects Tom Brady to get things done. Defense? Really different but the Patriots have always adapted so it will be interesting to see how Cam Newton fits in that now for Stidham pros he's young a lot younger than Cam Cam's 31 Jarrett Stidham's 23 another pro he's learned he learned from Tom Brady and the Patriots really love Jarrett Stidham according to reports really love Jarrett Stidham Jarrett Stidham was a is a good quarterback he balled out at Auburn he balled out at Baylor before that Jared Stidham is good. So, I don't know if we should be really bashing Jared Stidham this just yet, just because his one of his throws, his last throw I think, was a pick six. you look back at his college stats at Baylor before he transferred cuz he was kind of a they kind of flip-flopped quarterbacks in his first year at Baylor. Uh he completed 68% of his passes, 1200 yards, 12 touchdowns and it only had two interceptions. His first year at Auburn, threw 3,100 yards, 18 touchdowns, and six interceptions. Finished that season 10-4. And And then the next year, he had a little bit of a down year, but 2,700 yards, 18 touchdowns, five picks. Went 8-5 that season. But Jarrett Stidham is a good quarterback. Now, do we think that's what the Patriots want? Because a lot of people out there are like, ah, he won't start over Cam. Who would ever start Jarrett Stidham? over Cam Newton one thing I'll say about this Patriots fans and NFL fans in general are more excited about Cam Newton than they'll ever be about Jarrett Stidham at this point in time I shouldn't say they'll ever be for Jarrett Stidham because Jarrett Stidham could turn out to be a very good quarterback in the NFL cons for Jarrett Stidham he's very inexperienced he played three games last year all in reserve all coming in for Brady at the end of games he's gone two for four uh, 14 yards and a pick six, so he's not like the most experienced quarterback out there. Which is that's how most rookies are. Don't really play a lot. There's some crazy rookies out there that start day one. Sam Darnold started day one. Joe Burrow's gonna start day one. Kyler Murray started day one. Like most rookies, like you look at Eli Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Philip Rivers, Ben, uh, Ben, uh, no, not Ben Roethlisberger. I guess he st- didn't start the first game, but I think he started like. He started like 14 or 15 games his rookie year, if I remember right. Tom Brady. like There's a lot of quarterbacks out there that don't start day one. And so their rookie stats are not necessarily the greatest stats ever. If we remember right, Sam Darnold's first throw in the NFL was a pick six. And he's labeled as the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. So I'm not going to hold a lot of weight on Jarrett Stidham's pick six. And his pick six was to one of the best safeties in the NFL, Jamal Adams. So I I don't know. I think Stidham's a good quarterback. And another con for Stidham, he's not mobile. He's not mobile. He's not athletic. I mean, he's he's a, he's decently athletic. It gets the job done, but he ain't. He's he's not gonna scare you for rushing for forty yards. That's not even that big of a number. But he he ain't scaring twenty yards rushing. I'll say that. But, yeah, the Patriots, according to reports, they love Jarrett Stidham. He's a smart guy. He's learned under Brady. He's been, spent a year in the Patriots system. Cam is not. So, that might be a little check mark to Jarrett Stidham there. But if we're going like experience, check to Cam. If we're going arm talent, check to Cam. If we're going athletic ability, check to Cam. If we're going injuries, there's probably a check to Jarrett Stidham. Though, again, he hasn't played that long, but he didn't get injured that much in college. For going young, checking Jarrett Stidham. For going, been in the Patriots system, know what they expect, check for Jarrett Stidham. I was in the camp that did not believe that Cam Newton would even come to New England. I was like, it doesn't fit. I don't know what they're going to do with Cam. I thought, out of all the teams in the NFL, I thought the Chargers. But the Chargers kept saying, and I brought this up a few times, they're fine with Tyrod Taylor they like their quarterback room cam on the Patriots at the face of it is scary to a lot of people but if you look closely it it might not work but it's not the Patriots aren't worried about that it's a no-lose situation here for New England Patriots can't lose they signed him to a minimum one year 7.5 million dollar deal Andy Dalton's making that in Dallas I could see a world where Jarrett Stim does start day one, and Cam Newton kind of sits there and waits. Bill Belichick has never been afraid to play the inexperienced guy. You look at the year the Patriots won the Super Bowl, the first one of the Belichick-Brady era. Drew Bledsoe gets hurt against the Jets. Former number one overall pick, has been to a Super Bowl before, lost to the Packers, but granted, for Drew Bledsoe, he never did anything that was that spectacular in the NFL say least. He was my favorite quarterback growing up. I had a Drew Bledsoe jersey. I wore the crap out of that jersey. The numbers peeled off the front, essentially. They're still on there, but barely. So, that's the difference between Drew Bledsoe. There's a lot of difference between Drew Bledsoe and Cam, but Belichick went with Brady, this inexperienced guy from Michigan uh, that they basically wasted a roster spot on the year before. Now, he's in playing for the Patriots, and then in the Super Bowl, Bloodsoe's back and healthy. He came. He was back and healthy. I think towards the end of the season, the regular season, Belichick stuck with Brady. And Brady went on to win a Super Bowl. I'm not saying that Jarrett Stidham is Tom Brady, and Cam Newton certainly is not Drew Bloodsoe. But I wouldn't be shocked if the Patriots went with Jarrett Stidham. I think it's going to be an open competition. I think the aura of Cam Newton is going to be one of those things where, even if he's the backup, he's going to be the favorite player on the Patriots. This is what I talked about with him and why I didn't think he he was going to sign. I didn't know where he'd sign because of that. It was the fact that even if it, there's not a lot of teams that need starters in this league, and if they do, they've got a plan for the future. Like they, There's some good quarterbacks in next year's class. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, like you got some good quarterbacks next year. So a lot of teams that have bad quarterbacks, like the bears, the, well, I'm not going to call it Gardner Minshew bad, but don't know if they're going to go with him in the future. The Jaguars like teams like that, where you don't know what they're going to do. So they're not going to sign a quarterback like Cam Newton, like the parent, the bears, they're going to be fine with Nick Foles in their office, their front office. They're going to be fine with it. Now you think their fans would rather have Cam Newton? Hell yes. They would rather have Cam Newton than Nick Foles. Obviously. But it's just like that. Like Cam Newton, if he's the backup of New England for a, even a tiny bit, it's going to add a lot of pressure to Jarrett Stidham. A lot of pressure. Jarrett Stidham is going to be in his second year in the NFL, starting week one against, who do they play week one? I guess I haven't really checked that out. I do know the Patriots have the hardest schedule in the NFL. So, who do they play week one, though? Let's check. See if this is on here. I don't know if it will be, though. Oh, the Miami Dolphins, week one. So, you're going at home against the Miami Dolphins, a division rival. Week one. A team that you lost to the last week of the regular season at home against your former assistant coach. Jarrett Stidham goes in. His... First few drives nothing spectacular he goes like seven for 16 37 yards no touchdowns no picks dolphins are up uh, what 10 nothing in the the start or halfway through the second quarter I better mark this down because if this actually happens I'm gonna go freaking insane he's not looking great he's not looking terrible actually let's go it's like the first start of the second quarter. Start of the second quarter, he's not looking great. Fans will be screaming for Cam Newton, screaming for Cam. Same thing that happened with Brian Hoyer and Cleveland. Same thing that happened with Kyle Orton and Denver. Same thing that's going to happen whenever Colin Kaepernick signs somewhere. The backup quarterback is going to be that fan base's favorite player. Unless you've already got an established court. Like in Seattle, that's why I think Colin Kaepernick would work well there. Because he fits what they want to do on offense. And Russell Wilson has built enough to where the pressure added by the fans is not. And the fans can't hate Russell Wilson. I don't think there's anybody that hates Russell Wilson. If there is, I there's something wrong with those people. But Cam's going to add pressure to Jarrett Stidham if he beats him out. So Jarrett Stidham might start week one. I don't know how much longer he starts after that if he does not play a good game against the Dolphins. And then you go at Seattle, week two, and then the Raiders and at the Chiefs. You play at those are the two hardest stadiums to play at Kansas City and Seattle. You're going to chuck in second year quarterback Jarrett Sidham, and you think the fans are not going to lose their heads cam might not start week one i will give you that but there's not a lot of chance that he does not get in at least get in in week one but at least maybe i think he'd start week two it's interesting interesting thing if cam starts a lot of people are more excited colin coward said yesterday i had the page going six and ten now i'm going eight and eight a lot of people are hating on Jarrett stidham a lot of people are hating on Jared Stidham. I think J- Jared is fine. But obviously Cam is going to be the draw there. So this leads to the question, if Cam does start, are the Patriots quote unquote back? Because they haven't really left. They were just a lot of people are underrating them. And you know what happens when you underrate the Patriots? I've learned this throughout my entire life. This is one of my the one of the many life lessons my dad has taught me. Never underestimate the Patriots. Never do that. Because you know why? Because they the Patriots. You know what we said earlier? They know how to adapt. One of the best adapting teams in the entire NFL. They know how to adapt. So they're not really left, but a lot of people are writing them off, and I don't see them being too happy about that. For Colin Coward, though, I don't think his, op- <laughs> his opinions on the AFC East are null and void because of the fact that he has a relationship with Sam Darnold. His love for Sam Darnold is gross in a lot of senses. I don't like it. Do I think the Patriots are going to be as good as they have been in years past? I don't think so, but I'm not going to write them off as the worst team in the division. I think we did the, what was it? The NFL season, like the way too early one, like right when the schedule came out and we did one. I don't remember where we had the Patriots at, but I remember I didn't really like it. (laughs) It felt weird. Now with camp, the excitement starts back. So let's go through the schedule of the New England Patriots and go win-loss because we have to remember their defense, yes, they lost Jamie Collins and Kyle Van Noy. Their defense still has one of the best, if not the best, secondary in the NFL with Stephon Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, the Cordy brothers. Like, you have some good players in that secondary. They may have lost Jamie Collins, which sucks because Jamie Collins is a very – very good football player Kyle Van Noy is a good football player as well not as good as Jamie Collins but still good still a good football player let's we'll see what else they added on defense I honestly don't know who they've added on defense I don't know who they had the season before so I'm kind of just scrolling through and I not really know what I'm looking at but yeah I don't know if the Patriots are, are quote-unquote done but I don't know if they'll be 12 and 4 next year I don't think that'll happen, but done. I don't know. Let's go through this. Miami Dolphins at home. Now a reminder, as we said earlier, they lost the dolphins last week of the regular season last year. We're chalk up a W there it's at home. Uh, Patriots opening day of the season, playing the dolphins. I think it'll be a tough game, but I think the Pats will get the win there at Seattle L. Uh, Seattle's too talented. This is one of the best rosters Seattle's put together in a while. Cause so now you got two running backs and Chris Carson, and um, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Rashad Penny. <laughs> I almost forgot what his name was. You got Carlos Hyde in free agency as well. Russell Wilson's playing lights out. You got a good receiving core with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett there. And got Greg Olson in free agency. Defense is getting better. It's still is a good defense. The, the their defense is still good. You drafted a linebacker in the first round you went defense your first two picks jordan brooks daryl taylor who i don't know a lot about daryl taylor but jared jordan brooks is a thick guy a few years of experience at texas tech yeah that's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a loss for the patriots there raiders i'll give him a win it's at home versus the raiders raiders aren't the best team in the world so we'll give him a win there at kansas city loss Easy. Uh Kansas City. Arguably the best offense in the league. Best quarterback in the league. Yeah, loss. I don't need to explain that. Denver. We'll give him a loss there. It's at home, but I'm gonna give him a loss to Denver. So there, and then the bye week's week six. So at the start of the season, they'll go two and four. Or two and three. Two and three. Beating the Dolphins, Raiders, losing the Seahawks, Chiefs, and Broncos to start the season. Number seven, week seven. San Francisco 49ers, uh, loss there. I think that was a pretty easy loss there. So let me write this down. So we got win, loss, win, loss, loss, buy, loss. Um, 49ers are vastly improved, and they made the Super Bowl last year. You got Trent Williams. You got Denzel Mims, the wide, or not Denzel, Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State. Very fast, wide receiver, fits perfectly what they want to do. They lost DeForest Buckner, traded DeForest Buckner, but got a guy, it's basically the same player as him, and Javon Kinlaw. Great addition there. You got more speed in Travis Benjamin. Debo Samuel's a beast. George Kills, the best tight end in the NFL. You got Raheem Mostert. You're going to hope that Jarrett McKinnon stays healthy for a little bit, and Tevin Coleman stays healthy as well. Jimmy G's back. They're going to be one of the best teams in the NFL this year. You would fully expect them to be... So Patriots are losing to the 49ers at Buffalo. That's another loss. So right now we are 2 and 2 and 5, which is weird. At Buffalo, uh the Bills should have beat the Patriots at Buffalo last year. Josh Allen got hurt and also didn't do anything Threw three picks in the game. But when he got hurt, they were starting to get their stuff together. Matt Bartley came in, drove the team down the field and threw a pick or threw a pick in the end zone. So, I think if Josh Allen was in, the Bills would have won that game regardless, but I'm going to give them a loss there. I'm going to give him a loss at Buffalo. At the Jets, win. Patriots own the Jets. This quote-unquote rivalry, Patriots own it. It's easy. Baltimore, loss. Uh, November 10th. Jeez, yeah. Baltimore at Houston. I'm going to go win. They've never really had a lot of issues playing the Houston Texans. The Texans on offense have Deshaun Watson – they have injury-prone David Johnson. You got Brandon Cooks, contemplated retirement a few times, and the aging Randall Cobb. But you have Deshaun Watson. But on defense, there's nothing too impressive. I right, give the te- the Patriots the win over the Texans. Cardinals win. I think it'll be close. It's at New England, so I think that'll that'll be close for them. But I'm gonna give them a win there. Uh, at the Chargers, um, we'll give them a loss. The Chargers' defense is very very good like you, their defense is just very nice. Very, very nice. They play back-to-back games in Los Angeles, play the Rams. I'll give them the win over the Rams, uh, Rams that defense wise, they got Jalen Ramsey. They've got Aaron Donald. Other than that, their defense, unless I'm completely forgetting somebody, I can't remember. They're not going to be that good this year in my opinion I don't think the Rams are going to be that good this year Jared Goff on offense they lost Brandon Cooks to Houston I mean they traded him away I don't remember what they traded the, away, him away for but we'll give him a win over the Rams Dolphins at Miami loss mean at Miami Buffalo loss and the Jets win so what if I have him here this feels weird one two three four five six seven is that right? Is that what I'm feeling right now? I don't want to write them off because it's the Patriots. And I'm going to be upset. I literally just said that like five minutes ago. But looking at their schedule, you play teams like Seattle at Seattle, at Kansas City. Then you play San Francisco, the Ravens. The Chargers will be much improved on this year. Maybe they'll beat the Chargers. Eight and eight, seven and six. I, it feels weird. It feels wrong. I don't know. I really don't know what I'm gonna think about the Patriots. I need more time to think about this. I need to look at their roster in full and actually give a logical prediction about it. I think that is logical, but it's just weird to see to say that. The Patriots will go seven and nine. But their schedule's friggin' hard. You play the Seahawks, Chiefs, Forty ers Ravens, Buffalo twice, the Chargers and Rams in LA at Houston like I mean that's not the toughest place to play but they still got some talent on the roster Denver's gonna be much improved Miami's gonna be much improved you've always struggled playing Miami at Miami except for last year and then they were like we need to beat you once this year came up to New England and beat the crap out of you on the last day of the season man their schedule's hard it is a hard schedule I don't know it's gonna it's gonna be tough going into the season for the new England Patriots because the expectations are going to be at an all-time low but a lot of Patriots fans hype in the season has shot up a lot because of the fact they got Cameron Newton and it's kind of funny this whole Cam Newton thing totally took away from the fact the Patriots got <laughs> a little blemish on their near perfect resume of they. the <laughs> the Bengals drama the pat if you didn't know patriots tv f- crew filmed the fields and sidelines during a december 8th game between the cincinnati Bengals and cleveland browns they were fined 1.1 million dollars and lose lost a 2021 third round draft pick do i think the patriots care not in the slightest but people have been talking about that a lot more if cam Newton didn't sign the exact same day that that all happened it's it's gonna be weird cam the Patriots uniform how he do how the offense look I mean they've got running backs that he can throw to so I don't think that's an issue here cam has always had good relationships with his running backs from D'Angelo Williams for a little bit Jonathan Stewart Chris McCaffrey he's always had good relationships with the running back Chris McCaffrey arguably being the best one because Chris McCaffrey would catch everything out of the backfield that's what the Patriots running backs do the best out of pretty much every running back unit in the NFL James White, Sonny Michelle, Rex Burkhead, Damian Harris, Brandon Bolden. Like, these guys can catch, Danny Vitel can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. They can, these people can catch the football out of the backfield. Julian Edelman can catch all the underneath routes. You're hoping that Nikhil Harry develops again to a very good wide receiver, which is why he drafted in the first round. And you hope Marquise Lee, who you got from Jacksonville, balls out this year as well. That's where we're hoping it doesn't become a Demarius Thomas-type situation. Or he just didn't do anything for the New England Patriots. I don't know. It's going to be a weird season for the New England Patriots, to say the least. Very, very weird season. But why do I think, my heart of hearts, why I don't want to underestimate the Patriots? Well, the answer is in the question, because it's the New England Patriots. And I hate underestimating them because they always turn around and bite me. I hate it. So 7-9, I feel is a little harsh, but I feel like that might actually be right. And I hate saying that because <laughs> it's the Patriots. And people can look at the Cam Newton thing and go like, oh man, the Patriots are back. The past few years in Carolina, even with Cam playing, the Panthers weren't that good. Since the MVP season, where they went 15-1 and and went to a freaking Super Bowl, they haven't been great. They went 6-10 and 10 the year after. Then 11-5, and, and then 7-9. And, and then last year, 5-11. But I'll give that benefit of the doubt, Cam didn't play for the, mostly the entire season. I think My favorite stat in the NFL is the fact that the Carolina Panthers, in their entire existence, have never had back-to-back winning seasons. I think that's awesome. It's my favorite stat in NFL history. Favorite stat ever. I love it. So awesome. So just because Cam's there doesn't make them change completely. But it might help them on face value. And even if Cam doesn't win the starting job outright, to start week one, he'll start at some point during the season. So, that being said, let's take a quick break here on the Logan Batman show. We'll come back and play Stay Woke Wednesday. Stay tuned after this little two second break. Welcome back, everybody, to this last, I would say about a half hour, 20 minutes to a half hour of this Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show, Wednesday, July 1st. We are three days, if well, four if you count today, from the 4th of July, one of my favorite holidays ever. Going over to my friend Andrew's house, going over to light off some fireworks, hang out, grill out, go to the pool, do all that stuff. Just a, a fun day, a fun day. Celebrate with your loved ones and do everything uh, responsibly, I guess you could say. With that being said, let's just go right in to my one of my favorite subjects one of my favorite things we've ever done on the logan blackman show is stay woke wednesday one of my favorite things of all time here on the logan blackman show i love this thing i'm glad we came up with it because it's fun i love screenshotting random things from around social media that makes me cringe a little bit makes me think about like oh why why are you doing that and just for just really quick. Uh, the Lakers have officially signed J.R. Smith officially official. They tweeted it about two hours ago, but I'm just seeing it now. So I'm saying it now and yeah, yeah. Let's get right in to stay woke Wednesday. Yeah, let's do it. So where do we start off? Where's the last thing that we did? I don't know if that was it it's from thursday this last thursday okay this is where we are going to start off top 10 edge rushers for the 2020 nfl season now this is cbs sports uh, uh list cbs sports made this list so we already know you already should know what to expect from this list okay it's you should know that hey not, there's some not very intelligent people making these lists. You got the, the defensive backs list, which is one of the worst lists I've ever seen. Corner safety lists, whatever. They're terrible. And now we are on to edge rushers. Now, I don't know what it is with CBS Sports and defensive players and not knowing anything really about defense. Or maybe after I'm done talking about this, you go, Logan, they knew exactly what they're talking about. It's you that doesn't know what they're talking about. Fair enough whatever. So let's just go right in this list. So starts off at number one is TJ Watt. I think TJ Watt is a very talented defensive end. I think, or linebacker, edge rusher, I guess. 14 and a half sacks last year. Very talented guy. Very talented. Do I think he's the best in the NFL? No, not really at all. <laughs> I think he's up there. I think I think he's easily in this list, but number one, i think he's a very good defensive line i think i don't really know what to call edge rusher i gotta just keep saying edge rusher and he's very talented but yeah number one uh interesting list uh number two miles garrett again i think miles garrett's a good edge rusher but um yeah that's he was he was doing very good before he got the suspension he had 10 sacks through the season so far and then he got the suspension so that kind of ruled him out for the (laughs) the rest of the season but he was doing good uh 13 and a half sacks a sophomore year 10 sacks last year through 10 games he was looking good but do i think he's the second best edge rusher in the nfl no i number two on my list arguably is the guy that sits number three and that's chandler jones chandler jones is coming into that situation where he's turning into another version of Patrick Peterson, where he plays down in Arizona. So he didn't really get talked about a lot. He's played his last four seasons down in Arizona. He had some very good seasons in new England, but since he's been in Arizona, he hasn't gotten a lot of, he's gotten love. He's don't get me wrong. He's gotten love, but he hasn't gotten a lot in his eight seasons in the NFL, right? Four. Yeah. Eight seasons. Only two of them have resulted in him getting less than ten sacks, and then both those seasons he played fourteen games, which is his rookie year where he had six sacks, and then twenty fourteen he had six sacks in ten games. Other than that, here's his career totals in sacks: eleven and a half sophomore season, then his senior year twelve and a half, then his first year in Arizona eleven, then seventeen, then thirteen, and then a career high nineteen last year, which saw him. Coming second in the NFL sack race behind someone we'll mention a little bit later on this list. Half sack behind this guy. But Chandler Jones is an absolute ammo. I would rank him number two on my list. If I'm making my list. That's what that's what I would do. Uh, number four, Cam Jordan. I think Cam Jordan's very underrated. I don't think he gets a lot talked about. But now, there's certain players where you're like, they're underrated, but they're so underrated that they're starting to become overrated, if that makes any sense. And that might be the situation that Cam Jordan's going in. But not yet. I still think he's underrated. He became third in the league in sacks last year, thir- 15 and a half. He's had a very productive career in New Orleans. And I think he's a top edge rusher in the league. Number five, Joey Bosa. I think Joey Bosa got put in the shadow of his brother last year. But Joey Bosa, statistically, actually had a better season than his brother last year. But everybody was all hyped about his brother because of how good the San Francisco 49ers defense was. Chargers weren't good. So Joey Bosa didn't get talked about a lot, but I think Joey Bosa is a top, I think you could argue he's a top five edge rusher in the league. Uh, Number six, Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett had an insane year last year. 19 and a half sacks for Shaq Barrett. 19 and a half. Very, very impressive numbers. But for number six, he's had one good season in the NFL in his five years in the league. This is like the same list. That's the same company that listed Anthony Harris as the fifth best safety in the NFL. Anthony Harris has had one good season in five years. He's not the fifth best safety in the NFL. Yes. Shaq Barrett led the league in sacks last year, but before that, let's do a quick math real quick. Uh, Nine and a half, 11, then 14. There was first four years in the league he had 14 sacks. 14. His that the, his first year in Tampa, 19 and a half. Do I think he could be put in the top 10? Maybe, but after only one I, I don't know. I don't know. It's I mean, we could probably talk about him putting up there. It's a little different cuz I think about this with like quarterbacks. Like quarterbacks, it's a lot harder. You can easily Throw a guy that has not played that long in the league in the top half of the list or top five of the list. Like you look at Patrick Mahomes is arguably not arguably I think he is undoubtedly the best quarterback in the NFL. Lamar Jackson's a top five QB and he's only had one good season in the NFL, really good season. He had a decent year as rookie year, but he went ham his sophomore season. But there's because there's only one quarterback. There's multiple edge rushers. There's a lot of edge rushers, safeties with Anthony Harris having only one good season. There's a ton of safeties in the NFL that are better. There's not a lot of quarterbacks where you go, okay, there's a top five, and the rest of them, you could kind of go, yeah. There's a lot of edge rushers that do the same thing. There's not a lot of quarterbacks that do the things Lamar Jackson does. So if I get that used against me, I'm going to say that. There's not a lot of people, there's a lot of edge rushers that do very similar things. There's not a lot of quarterbacks that do the same things, especially as Lamar, Patty Mahomes, Josh Allen, because really there isn't, I'm going to get called by, I don't care. Uh, number seven, Daniil Hunter. I think Daniil Hunter is a very good uh, defensive end. I think, I think he's one of the best, ba- I think he had a, he had a great season last year. He had a great, absolutely great season last year. Cannot deny that. He, he was amazing last year. And now with the fact that they're going to, Everson Griffin, I don't know if he's signed anywhere yet. But to my knowledge, he hasn't. He's going to have to pick up the Lokes. Now he doesn't have that other option on the other side of him that will be that elite edge rusher. Deal Hunter is an athletic freak. I don't know how he does all the things he does, but he's insane. Uh, Number eight on this, we're keeping it in the AFC and the NFC North. This guy goes by the name of Z'Darrius Smith. Z'Darrius Smith, great season last year for the Green Bay Packers. Great season. 13.5 sacks last year. Came over from Baltimore. Baltimore didn't really do anything to replace him, and then they've kind of struggled. zary Smith, prior to that last season in Green Bay, never had a season where he got above eight and a half sacks. He got eight and a half sacks one season. Other than that, he didn't really do a ton in Baltimore, but he just took off in Green Bay. He's a captain on Green Bay. Like, he's done insane stuff while in Green Bay. I would put him in the top ten. I would put I would put a lot of these guys in the top 10, but number nine is where I get confused. There's a lot of people up here that I would never in a million years rank above this guy. And that's Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack being ranked at number nine, uh, discredits the entire list. This list is null and void because you put Khalil Mack at number nine. That is insane. Cleo Mack is not the ninth best edge rusher. He might've had a down year last year. The season before he was in the running for defensive player of the year. Yeah, sure. He had a down year. You're going to put him at nine. I wouldn't put him behind anybody on this list. (laughs) My top five, I'm not going to do a whole top 10 would go Cleo Mack, Chandler Jones, cam jordan at number three joey bosa and then tj uh who do i want to put there we'll put tj watt at five but dang i don't know i don't really know i would not put khalil Mack at five i don't know why i went through the entire list and just said all that stuff but khalil Mack at number nine is just ridiculous the list isn't even that great to begin with but khalil Mack at nine just discredits the entire list uh, teams that will exceed expectations in 2020 for college football. Miami, Arizona State, TCU, Oregon, Texas A&M, and Kentucky. Nice little stuff right there. It's uh, it's interesting. But, yeah, I guess. Um, I don't know what expectations are for these teams because I think a vast majority of these teams, like, Miami, Arizona State, Oregon, Texas A&M are expected to be good teams this year. So, how good are their, what are their expectation levels at? I'm expecting Miami to go at least 8-4, and 9-3. and three. I'm expecting Arizona State to be somewhere around there. Well, not that good. Maybe like 8 and, I think 8-4 and four for Arizona State. Arizona State plays in the Pac-12 South, which is the weaker. Well, actually, the Pac-12 is not necessarily the strongest conference anymore. He got two Guys at the top in USC and Oregon, and then the rest of it's just Oregon plays in the Pac 12 North, which has Oregon State, Cal, Washington, Washington State, and Stanford. All teams finish below 500 in conference play. I don't know what their expectations are, per se, but I'm not saying they're going to, I don't think they're that low where they're going to exceed expectations. They're going to be worse than 12 and 2. I think 9 and 3, 10 and 2 is realistic, but I don't know. I don't know if they're exceeding expectations. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Uh, moving on on this list. Let's keep it going. Where's that? Most unfairly hated quarterbacks in the NFL. Dak Prescott, Jimmy Garoppolo, Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield, and Jameis Winston. Now, this said unfairly hated quarterbacks. All of these guys okay I think two of them are unfairly hated the rest of them it's well deserved Dak Prescott plays for the Cowboys so there's one check mark because I don't think there's anybody other than Cowboys fans that like the Cowboys and Cowboys players two he values himself or at least according to reports values himself as highly as Russell Wilson which he's nowhere that good he's good but nowhere that good and again he plays on the Cowboys And he had a little off the field issues coming out of college. So I maybe that people still think about that. I don't know, but I don't think he's unfairly hated. I could see why people don't like him, especially the fact that he plays for the most hated team in the world of sports next to the Yankees. Uh, Baker Mayfield is on this list at number four. Baker has a lot of reasons why a lot of people don't like him. I don't know why he's unfairly hated. I don't think he's a bad person, but he's made some very dumb decisions throughout his life. The running from the cops thing, the grabbing the junk thing on the sideline, the flipping off the player, the the planting the flag in the middle of the field at Ohio State. Uh, yeah, just a lot. there's more things I could think of, but I'm trying to think off the top of my head that he's done, which is not very likable things that he's done. And he's very vocal, but it, hasn't really lived up to the lofty expectations that a lot of people expected from him from his second year in the NFL. Kind of underachieved. Not kind of, they did underachieve the Browns as a whole. There's a lot of people that don't like Baker Mayfield and there's no reason he's unfairly hated. I completely understand why people hate Baker Mayfield. I don't hate Baker Mayfield, but I get why people do. And then number five, Jameis, uh, because he's overconfident. Like why Who goes on and says, I'm one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time? If you look at my stats, I'm balling as they just threw 30 interceptions in a season. No, no, I think that warrants hate. No, but unfairly hate. I can see why people don't like him. I'm going to look at my stats. I'm balling. The W thing that he did, the stealing the crab legs thing in college, he wasn't very likable at Florida State to begin with, anyways. And then now he just went in the NFL and just didn't do anything. He had one good season. And then the next, his next good season, he throws 33 touchdowns over 5,100 yards and 30 interceptions. It's the overconfidence thing. I have a problem with, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's on this list. He's number two. I think the reason he's on here is because people are jealous that he looks better than almost every person in the United States do you see the thing the quarterbacks did where they were like oh here's them as a female he was even hot as a female like it's just people are just jealous of him and he plays for the 49ers um he just a lot of people probably don't like him just because he they think he has a punchable face i don't know but and he's not he's a little overrated to be honest Is he warranted this massive contract he went to a super bowl so i guess he did his job but I don't know. And Ryan Tannehill, I don't think anybody hates Ryan Tannehill. Does anybody actually hate Ryan Tannehill? I've never heard any bad things said about Ryan Tannehill. Like, in a negative, like, oh, I hate that guy. Who hates Ryan Tannehill? <laughs> I don't know if he's unfairly hated. He doesn't do anything. He's just there. He's a good athlete. He plays for the Titan. I guess the only thing you could really hate him on is that he didn't really do anything in the playoffs but I don't I don't know what you want him to do I don't know I could I could I can't help you on that I don't know I't never thought he's hated uh this other thing I saw top number one pick since 1995 now a lot of people thinking about this there's like ah man number one picks since 1995 I mean Le- LeBron obviously top two greatest players of all time nope this list put Timmy duncan I have no problem with Tim Duncan. I think he's the greatest power forward of all time. But come on. <laughs> Put him above LeBron. LeBron is a top two player of all time. Tim Duncan is a, the best power forward of all time. He's not better than LeBron. And then the rest of the list reads as Allen Iverson, Dwight Howard, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Davis, Derek Rose, Yao Ming, Blake Griffin, John Walt. I think Yao Ming's a little low. Uh, I think Dwight Howard might be a little high. I mean, he took the Magic to the, the finals, got ash pounded by the Lakers, but went to the finals. That's cool. He was very dominant for about four years, and then now he's just a backup center on the Lakers behind JaVale McGee. So I don't know if I can rank him. There's two parts to his career. It's like Michael Owen. And the first half of Michael Owen's career, he's one of the greatest strikers of all time. He won a freaking Ballon d'Or. I think at like 21 years old. The next half where he's playing for Newcastle, Manchester United, Stoke city. I would not rank him as the best striker in Premier League history. I would not even put him in the top part of that. Dwight Howard for the magic was awesome. And then went to the Lakers and then to the Rockets and then to the Hornets, then to the Wizards the back to the Lakers there might have been another team in there I might have got the order flipped around but yeah I don't know if I'd put a that high <laughs> especially over Kyrie and AD who are I mean AD in New Orleans granted didn't do anything in New Orleans like winning wise but he didn't really have a team around him either now he might win an MVP at some point in his he's gonna I would guess he's gonna win an MVP at some point I'm not saying this year but at some point but Tim Duncan over LeBron James at number one. That's kind of it's kind of crazy. That's that's uh That's kind of crazy. Uh what else do we got on this list? Oh, hot take. Kyle Trask pulls a Joe Burrow type leap next season. Joe Burrow's junior season numbers are remarkably similar to Trask. Which the granite, yeah, sure they are. Obviously Trask and Burrow are different style players, but there's something about being extremely comfortable as your first time starter so quickly. What? Trask definitely did that in 2019. Okay. You're just, just because they had similar stats. I mean, there's a lot of people that have had similar stats to other players and not lived up to that. The next season. It happens all the time. I'm not going to list any players. Cause I don't have any off the top of my head right now, but there are players like they're on pace to do this. They never do it. Like, David Bentley was supposed to be the next David Beckham. Do you know who David Bentley is? No. Obviously not. Until I told you about him. This similar style doesn't mean they're the same player. Joe Burrow has an elite mentality. I don't know if Kyle Trask does. I like Kyle Trask's mentality. Kyle Trask was a backup in high school. Went on to start for one of the biggest college football teams in America at Florida and kicked the starter out to Arkansas. So I think he's got a good mentality, but is it rivaled out of Joe Burrow? I don't know. Maybe, maybe it does happen, but I don't know. It's, there's a lot of, just because their stats are similar does not mean It's going to happen for Kyle. Trask. Kyle. Trask. I don't know. I think Kyle. Trask is good. Do I think he's going to be a Joe Burrow level player? No, no, but he can surprise me. Uh, next one, most underrated player, each offensive position, skill positions only, uh, quarterback, Derek Carr running back, uh, Kenny and Drake wide receiver Higby for the Rams and wide receiver DJ, uh, DJ Moore. Uh, I think Derek Carr's a little underrated. I think he's overly hated by a lot of people, including the people in his organization. Ever since he got hurt, He's kind of been looked at not the biggest light. Because I remember there was a time where the Raiders were like, oh, we got our franchise guy in Derek Carr. Now if you say that, you get laughed out of the building because not a lot of people out there think Derek Carr's a franchise quarterback. Derek Carr played 70% of his passes last year. 4,000 yards, 21 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. And he's a good quarterback. Do I think he's going to win them anything? No, but he could. No one, probably, A lot of people didn't think Rich Gannon could do anything. Or Brad Johnson. Those guys won for Trent Dilfer in the later parts of his career, not the beginning, Jeff Hosteller, there are a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of people are like, ah, this guy can't do anything, and they go on to win Super Bowls, so maybe Derek Carr can do that, I don't think it's with the Raiders, but I think he could do that, Kenyon Drake, um, sure, I guess, I think he's an all right running back, I, I don't know, I think he's good, I, if I would list someone else, uh, who would I even list up there as with, kenny and drake kenny and drake struggled in miami last year hopefully he has a good start to the season this year but in miami last year whew, it, it wasn't anything spectacular let's just put it like that but other people i could put up there with like underrated running backs because you look at the like he finished 817 yards and eight touchdowns last year good numbers very very nice numbers I might throw a, like Aaron Jones as the most underrated running back because Aaron Jones had an insane year. He scored 16 touchdowns last year. He was the best in the league for a running back. I, I don't think he gets talked about enough. A lot of people love Dalvin Cook, but Aaron Jones he put up some really good numbers last year for the Green Bay Packers. I might put him as the most underrated. Tight end, Higby, uh I think that's Higby maybe I'm wrong and I'm just looking at let's look at see if I can find Higby uh I'm just checking yeah Tyler Higby for the Rams 734 yards three touchdowns yeah I guess I I don't know there's not a lot of I don't know a lot of tight ends that are really rated highly other than George Kittle, Zach Ertz, and Travis Kelsey out of, out of those uh, other than those guys yeah I guess I think for his career I think Greg Olson's very underrated but as of la as of right now sure I'll give you Tyler Higby and then DJ Moore as a wide receiver let's look around who do we got here DJ Moore last year 1100 yards four touchdowns those are good numbers this is nice nice numbers I guess I don't know. I don't really have a problem with a lot of these things. I just, this one I just wanted to bring up. I, I just wanted to see if I could bring up someone else, maybe. But I guess they don't get talked about a lot. I think Derek Carr gets hated a lot. It's, a lot, it's easy to hate on a quarterback. It's a lot harder to go hate on a receiver because the quarterback has the ball in his hands almost every single play and makes all the decisions for everybody. If the quarterback doesn't throw the receiver ball, we don't talk about the receiver don't talk about the running back unless the running backs getting the ball handed off to them by the quarterback same thing for the tight end but we can throw in run blocking all that stuff as well but yeah there's there was that I guess I don't I don't know it's that was an interesting one then here's one here it's uh from NCAA flashbacks best college football's best players in 2019 uh we have in the top five Joe Burrow Chase Young uh who is that is that Stingley I think I think it's Stingley Penny Sewell. Is that Jamar Chase? I think that's Jamar Chase. Or it's... That's just their helmets. I can't see their... In their face, man. I gotta see. I gotta look it up. Because I... Let's just see. I think that is Jamar Chase. Yeah, it's Jamar Chase. Or is it? Is that Justin Jefferson? <laughs> I don't know. You can't really see in their face, but it's got freaking visors on and their lights shining in their visors. I think that one's just, yeah, that's Justin Jefferson. Okay, so yeah. Top five Joe Burrow, Chase Young, Stingley, Sewell, Jamar Chase. And then we go even further down the list. We've got the likes of Isaiah Simmons. We've got Jeff Akuda. We got Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, AJ Epineza, CD Lamb, Derek Brown, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Andrew Thomas Chubba Hubbard's number 16 uh, then we got 17 J.K. Dobbins and the number 18 I think this is the this is where the list goes wrong Jalen Hurts now for those of you who don't know Jalen Hurts put up some insane numbers at Ohio State or at, at Oklahoma put up some insane numbers rushed for a thousand yards ran for Uh, or rush for a thousand through for about 3,000 yards. He was awesome last year. Oklahoma went to the college ball playoff. Everything went smoothly until they got pounded by, (laughs) by, (laughs) Oh my goodness. By Clem by LSU. But Joe Jalen hurts was a Heisman finalist. He finished above the Heisman above chase young, Justin Fields, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, Trevor Lawrence, Chubba Hubbard, all players he ranks below, then, according to this list. How? It's a little mean to Jalen, Rant, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts came second in the Heisman Trophy race. You see the second most votes, 766, 762 votes, which was not a lot compared to Joe Burrow. But still, a lot. Now he received the third most first place votes, second place, second place votes, and the most third place votes. Still got the most votes. Finished second, but 16th behind what one, two, three, four, five, and six players that he finished above in the Heisman race. They're gonna rank him below them that's a that's a little mean a little little rude is not and I feel bad for my man Jalen Hurts makes me upset and then here's another one Aaron Rodgers is the most disrespected player on this app talking about Twitter Aaron Rodgers won Super Bowl two two MVPs only two losing seasons eight ten and eight in playoffs Um, NFL media Aaron Rodgers says only one Super Bowl and people think he's one of the greats he's over it who says that only there's one person that has ever said that. I think the amount of things that bad said about Aaron Rodgers are the fact that the Packers have wasted another NFL legend. They have gotten two Super Bowls out of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. I don't think there's a single soul out there, unless they're on CBS Sports, that has said Aaron Rodgers is overrated. I don't think anybody has ever said that. CBS Sports and Skip Bayless, I think, are the only people that have ever said that. Who, who, who liked 6,900 people liked this tweet. Who liked this tweet? How? He's not under. He's not underrated or disrespected. The Packers organization is the thing that's hated. It's not Aaron Rodgers. Who has ever said people think he's one of the greats? Like, yeah. Everybody thinks that one, the greatest of all time. No, one of the greats. Yes. But people want to throw him in the greatest of all time list and go, that's where I have a problem with it. I think it goes Brady and then Montana at number two. Rogers is not the greatest quarterback of all time. I think he's one of the greatest of all time. He ain't one of the, he ain't, he ain't the greatest of all time. Then Drew Brees, the one they compared him to Drew Brees is a Hall of Fame career and the greatest ever. No one has ever said Drew Brees is the gra- uh, one of the greatest ever. Yeah, people say the same thing about Aaron Rodgers. But the difference is, and he finished it with so underrated. Yeah, Drew Brees is extremely underrated. When you look at the top, when you, people list their top five quarterbacks of all time, not a lot of people put Drew Brees in there. He is extremely underrated. Not anymore. Now he's starting to get the credit he deserves. But you never really hear him go, Oh, man, yeah, Drew Brees, one of the greatest quarterbacks. No one has really said that. So the two parts you got going on here about disrespecting Aaron Rodgers and hating on Drew Brees, you must be a Falcons fan or something. And that's the only reason. Like, Both these quarterbacks are Hall of Famers, first ballot. Both are two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Who would I take if I was taking a quarterback? If I was building a quarterback, I'd build Aaron Rodgers. But if I'm ranking them, I'm ranking Drew Brees above him. That's just me. If I'm building a quarterback, I'm building Rodgers. Rodgers got a way stronger arm. Rodgers says, well, these two are two of the most accurate quarterbacks of all time. We're talking about completion percentage, catchable balls, everything. They don't throw interceptions. They're very similar quarterbacks. Rodgers has a stronger arm. Is taller, though, or is bigger. That is, that is a stupid tweet. I don't know how they got 69. It's basically 7,000 likes. And this is from a couple days ago. So I don't know what it's gotten since then, but no one has ever said Rodgers is overrated. People say Rodgers is overrated when you say he's the greatest quarterback of all time. He's cause he's not the greatest of all time. He is one of the greatest. He's a top 10 quarterback of all time, but the greatest. No, that's where people have the problem. One of the greatest. I don't think there's anybody that's gone. What? Aaron Rodgers not one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, he is. No one's ever said that. And if they have, they shouldn't be talking about sports. As simple as that. You're you're giving what it's like the CBS sports things. You're paying attention to it, you're talking about it. And people there's nobody that said Aaron Rodgers overrated. And I would love to meet these people. So there's things on a football field Aaron Rodgers can do that not a lot of other quarterbacks can do. Very similar to what Patrick Mahomes is doing. John Elway in the years gone by. But no one's ever said Aaron Rodgers is not one of the greatest of all time. That's the dumbest tweet I've seen in a very long time. Like, I get your point about, ugh, he's disrespectful. But then you compare him to Drew Brees, who is underrated based off NFL media until like two years ago. Yeah. You had to be a Falcons fan. There's no way you're not a Falcons fan. Because I got a few friends from William Penn that are Falcons fans. They're from Atlanta. And he liked the tweet. So I'm pretty confident that that dude tweeting that was a Falcons fan. And, yeah. No. Stupid. Stupid tweet. No one's ever said Aaron Rodgers is overrated. No one's ever said Aaron Rodgers is not one of the greatest of all time. Only idiots say Aaron Rodgers is the greatest of all time. So that's where you got your little information mixed up. But, yeah. That's all I've got for you on this Stay Woke Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. And that's also all I've got for you on this Wednesday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. As a show on this July 1st edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I hope you all have a great day. I will see you all on Friday. I will still, wait, before I close out, I will still post the video on YouTube, but it will just be the audio. So if you're listening to this and you wanted to watch the YouTube videos, well, there's no video uh, didn't work. So yeah, that's all I got for you today. I will see you all on Friday. Peace.